Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. So we, uh, we practice like this to cultivate compassion inwardly and, uh, and then it expresses itself outwardly. So I know there's uh, many people uh, here in Oakland and San Francisco and around the country today marching for uh, changes in policy around gun control so that there could be more safety in, uh, in our schools and communities. And so that's uh, an act of compassion, you know, moved by the suffering of, uh, of, of violence. And, uh, <clears throat> and so the heart responds. Each of these, uh, each of these qualities, kindness, compassion, joy or gladness and equanimity, they, they can look many different ways. It's important to not get um, have a, a fixed idea of what it looks like to be kind or compassionate. So sometimes, sometimes being kind um, can look like saying something very difficult to hear out of love, finding the right time and the right way to say it. Sometimes being compassionate means saying no. And uh, so it doesn't mean doesn't mean being a doormat or letting anyone have or do whatever they want. Uh, it, it's these qualities are imbued with wisdom. They, uh, they, all, they all support and balance each other and have that fundamental ground of balance that comes from equanimity that helps us to see what's appropriate, what's a, what's a useful response in a situation. <clears throat> And the more we can work through and understand our own reactivity and habits uh, and find this place of, of tender strength inside, the more available we are to respond appropriately. So I'd like to, uh, I'd like to shift gears and, and uh, spend the rest of our afternoon looking at uh, at the next of these qualities, which is uh, called mudita, or uh, sympathetic joy or appreciative joy. And um, <clears throat> when we think about resilience and uh, strengthening the heart. One of the uh, one of the teachings that comes out of the Buddhist tradition is uh, is specifically around cultivating certain qualities in the heart. Uh, the, the teachings on what's called right effort in the Eightfold Path, the Noble Eightfold Path, and so this is about um, there are four four ways that we are encouraged to pay attention to the qualities in our own hearts and minds. And uh, 
this is um, first um, avoiding unhelpful qualities that uh, that we don't already possess. So if you're not someone who gambles, don't start. <laughs> you know, if uh, if you're not someone who tends to lie or cheat, keep it that way. Okay? <laughs> so there's a sense of of actually recognizing the ways in which we are not engaging in harm or the ways in which we our mind and heart is free from uh, detrimental qualities and and really doing the work we need to to maintain that to avoid uns, unhelpful unskillful states of mind from arising so if you're not someone who get tends to get caught in jealousy for example to really recognize that and and maintain that if that's not something place that you get caught up whatever it is we each have our our different strengths and challenges so this is one area and then another area is is being honest about the places that we do get caught up the places that uh we could stand to grow where maybe we were impatient or we get petty or stingy or something really being uh being being clear and uh, humble with ourselves and being willing to acknowledge that and working to abandon those qualities to actually stop engaging in them so there's this uh um avoiding the ones that we already don't get stuck in and then letting go of the ones that we do get stuck in then the other side is about noticing the good qualities that are already present in us and really enhancing those making much of them so if you're somebody who's naturally generous and giving to not overlook that to really recognize that and do what one can what do what we can to support and strengthen that so that it grows in us so developing and enhancing the qualities the good qualities that we have and then the last one is as is looking and seeing what good qualities don't i manifest in my life that i can that i can that i can strengthen that i can actively cultivate so maybe looking around at people you admire or friends of yours or figures and seeing what are they doing that i can learn from that i can actually bring forth in my own life and then starting to find ways to cultivate those qualities whether it's generosity or patience or uh gratitude or honesty all of the beautiful things that we can bring forth as human beings so uh this these the the second two of these four of strengthening the states that are already present and bringing up the wholesome states that are not present this is an important part of re- of developing resilience is really strengthening those those positive qualities in our hearts and the cultivation of all of the brahma viharas can be understood in those those categories and this uh this third aspect of the heart of of mudita of joy and gladness and celebration is a um uh 
particularly potent quality in terms of uh, wholesome qualities to celebrate. There's a, a researcher by the name of uh, Richie Davidson who works at the University of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, part of a uh, organization there called the Center for Healthy Minds. And he's done some writing with uh, Daniel Goleman and with the Dalai Lama on some of the neuroscience uh, that's come out of the studying and practice of meditation. And uh, in some of his writing, he talks about... Um, these, these four different distinct um, circuits in the brain that are essential for, for well-being in humans. And uh, this also seems, seems relevant and connected to, to the practice of the Brahma-viharas, which um, uh, cover a number of these, not all of them, but a number of them. And so I wanted to share them with you. Um, so the first of these uh, um, capacities in the, in, the, in the human brain is the ability to maintain positive states. So cultivating the Brahma-viharas in general is about that. It's about identifying, finding that orientation of kindness or compassion, or as we'll explore in a few moments, of joy and celebration. And not only being able to find it, but being able to sustain it, to stay there, to actually enhance it, to abide in that quality. The One of the chants we do, I will abide with a mind imbued, with a heart imbued with loving kindness. So there's this sense of really resting in that place. Um, the next, which is distinct, apparently, in the, in the research, from this first capacity to enhance and stabilize wholesome, positive mind states, is the ability to, to recover from negative states of mind. So in other words, we can be really good at feeling joyful or happy or kind, but get caught in despair or stress or depression easily and find it difficult to get out. Those are two distinct skills. And this is like the question that you asked earlier of really um, the practices of mindfulness help us to be able to see when we're caught in a negative state and start to extract ourselves from it, to come out of it. The third is the ability to focus the mind. So to stay with one thing and uh, limit mind wandering. A lot of the studies show that the more our mind wanders, the less happy we are. <laughs> and we tend to wander into states of discontent <laughs> more than states of bliss or happiness. And again, these practices are, um, the practices of the Brahma-viharas are stabilizing concentration, steadying practices because we, we're coming back again and again to the same thing whether it's kindness and the phrases of loving kindness or compassion and the phrases of compassion or joy, which we'll, which we'll explore next. 
And then the fourth of these is the ability to be generous. It's also interesting to see that there's an entire kind of circuit in the mind devoted to giving, to the joy we feel at co- cooperating and collaborating as humans. And this, um, this practice of appreciative joy or gladness really crosses a number of these. It's its, its own kind of positive mind state. Um, when it's uh, strong, it leads to an ability to stay focused and reduce mind wandering. And it's also connected to a kind of generosity, the ability uh, to experience appreciative joy. So what is this quality, mudita? It's um, it's talked about as the feeling of happiness that we experience in relation to another's happiness. So celebration or rejoicing, being happy for another's happiness. And again, when you think about our ordinary responses to the success and well-being of others, most of the time... <laughs> It's not, hey, that's so great. Sometimes sometimes it is, but uh, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's, you know, someone's doing really, really well. Everything's going for them. They're healthy and they're happy and, you know, they're meeting with a lot of success. There's that sense of like, could you turn it down just a little bit? <laughs> You know, like, I'm glad that you're happy, but could you not shine just so brightly? <laughs> and there's that sense, there's that, that mistaken notion that happiness is a limited resource. And that if you're really happy, that somehow it's going to limit the amount that I can be happy. Or that if you're experiencing joy and success and well-being that the amount of abundance that you're experiencing in your own heart and your life somehow reduces the amount that's available to us. So the, um, as we've been exploring each of these qualities, one of the way of understanding them is, is the absence. So loving kindness is the absence of, of ill will. When the heart is not is not affected by ill will or hostility, its natural response is kindness. Compassion is the absence of cruelty. When there's no cruelty or uh, will towards hostility in the heart, the natural response is to care. When there's no greed, when there's no craving or jealousy in the heart, the natural response is to celebrate and rejoice in the face of another's happiness. So when you think about it, if, if I want something that you have, then I can't genuinely, it's harder to genuinely celebrate that for you because my, my wanting it gets in the way. But if, I'm, if, I, if there's a sense of releasing that wanting, if I'm not coveting what it is that you have, then I can celebrate with you. I can rejoice for you. And it's easy to see this. It's easy to see this when somebody in a different field than we're in experiences some success. It's very easy to feel happy for them. 
or like if uh, we were watching my uh, my partner and I were watching the some of the Winter Olympics earlier this year and seeing uh, some of the uh, figure skating performances and uh, you know to see one of these athletes and artists have a run that's like impeccable. And I mean, for me, it's just like moving to tears and this feeling of, of joy in seeing them uh, have such success and such uh, all of the conditions coming together, you know. And it's easy to feel that joy. It's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not figure skating. <laughs> I've never done that, you know. It's very easy to feel happy and celebrate the uh, the flowering of human potential when we see that. Or if you see, uh, I have some friends has a, have a two year old, and they sent me a video of her in the rain, and she's wearing her little boots and jumping in the puddles, jumping up and down and splashing and kind of screeching with joy. At the, at, the, at the splashes and whole face lighting up. And so, you know, even hearing me talk about it, you notice the feeling that uplifted, the way the heart gets uplifted. And many of you are even smiling right now just hearing me talk about it. So that's mudita. That's this quality of feeling the happiness of another, experiencing happiness in oneself for another's joy. And so again, this is innate. Our heart has this capacity that the empathic response, the resonance of the heart, when it meets happiness and joy and success of another, when there's no block, when there's no craving or constriction in the heart, the natural response is, all right, that's great. I'm so happy for you. And we rejoice. So the Dalai Lama says that when you count other people's happiness as your own, your chances for happiness increase by six billion to one. <laughs> now it's probably seven billion to one. When, when he said it, it was six. So in here again, we see how the cultivation of these qualities start to dissolve the boundaries between self and other. And we start to touch into a space that's more expansive and connected. These qualities of compassion and joy, appreciative joy or gladness, what's lovely about them is that they're, um, they're deeper than our personality. It's not, this is not something that, you know, it's not about becoming a nicer person. It's not about somehow becoming likable and you know, more acceptable socially. These are deeply rooted in us, in our biology and in our spirit. And so this is accessing a a level of the heart that is uh, deeper than the personality. And if uh, if you watch other mammals or study them or read about them, you will see these qualities appear. You know, just watch dogs play. 
and you'll experience mudita. <laughs> and you'll see them experiencing mudita, feeling that joy and playfulness with one another. Or watch a, a child playing with a kitten or a puppy and how they how the happiness and the joy kind of moves between them. There's uh, many beautiful stories about um, uh, the compassion of elephants. We're very, very sensitive, empathic creatures. And um, stories of uh, when uh, an elephant uh, had died and the uh, other elephants would come back to the, to the bones and visit, and they would, um, their, uh, their snouts, the tip of their snouts is incredibly sensitive. They can, they can pick up like a, an, um, a feather with, with the, the tip of their snout. It's so, so refined. And the way that they um, know and, and greet each other, they would t- they touch each other's face with their snout during when they're alive, and they would come and visit the bones of this one matriarch who had died, and and stroke the edge of the jawbone with their snout, and just that sense of the connection, knowing the the memory. You can imagine that is remembering that that being or another story from um uh this one this one man who uh led a, a game reserve in South Africa called Tula Tula and um I'm trying to remember his name Lawrence something and um when he had done a, a great deal to uh, to protect the elephants, Anthony Lawrence, and um, worked his whole for much of his adult life to um, uh, protect these uh, wild elephants and and give them a, a home. And as remarkable stories of his relationship with them. And um, in two thousand and twelve, uh, he died. He died. He passed away. And um, 12 hours later, um, from hundreds of miles away, this one herd of elephants that he had protected, who he had spent time with, all came back to his house to, to visit. And they spent about 12 hours there after he had died. And somehow had known or picked up on the fact that he had passed away and traveled hundreds of miles straight to his house and came there on the reserve. So these these qualities um, go much deeper than our personality, or than the sense of you know our personal history. This is part of our heritage as as uh, conscious creatures on this planet. So the quality of mudita, of appreciative joy or gladness, is this capacity to consciously feel the happiness of another and to celebrate, to, to, to rejoice and wish that it continue. So sometimes, so we can practice this uh, in the same way, in a similar way that we practice loving kindness or compassion by thinking of someone 
and who's enjoying some success or happiness and really connecting with that and using a simple phrase to enhance the joy that we feel. You know, may your joy and happiness increase or I'm I'm, I'm so happy for you. I appreciate the blessings in your life. Something like this, where we're aiming the mind and connecting with that quality of joyful appreciation, consciously feeling the happiness with another. There are other ways uh, that we can also expand the practice of mudita, of, of appreciative joy, so one is just uh, appreciating beauty. So when we see something beautiful, so even like the story I told about watching the figure skating, there's, there's the joy that I felt for the person, you know, knowing the countless hours of practice that had gone in to that per- performance and everything that was riding on it for them personally and feeling happy. But there's also just the, just the pure appreciation of the beauty and the artwork of uh, human expression and dance. But uh, looking at nature, you know, seeing a tree or listening to the sound of the fountain, the water or the stream out by the meadow and allowing the heart to be touched Allowing ourselves to be moved by beauty is an aspect, is a dimension of appreciative joy. It's that, that joy and delight and happiness that we feel in response to goodness. So taking joy in nature and in beauty is another aspect of this. Gratitude is a, a related practice. It's distinct. But it's, if you look at the four Brahma Viharas, it's, it's most closely connected to this quality of appreciative joy. And it's, it's that sense of appreciating the, the blessings in one's own life. And that brings a sense of gratitude happiness for oneself for the well-being for the for the goodness for the blessings in our own life and there's been a tremendous amount of research done on gratitude and its connection with uh, with resilience and happiness and well-being it's uh, one of the most simple and direct ways to bring more happiness into your life is to reflect on gratitude and to bring every day to take some time to feel gratitude, not just to think about it, but to actually feel it, to really take it in and let it nourish us. Sometimes this quality of mudita shows up. It shows up if we, if we look for it. 
by appreciating the good in others. So it's not only it's not only appreciating the success or the happiness in others, but it's seeing the good qualities in others and appreciating them. So for example, I was walking down the street, it's over a year ago, and someone was saying goodbye to someone else. They'd just gotten out of a car, and they said, Thanks so much for the ride. And I felt so happy. <laughs> it's like, you know, just, I just felt so happy that someone had given her a ride. Like, I don't know these people. <laughs> but just appreciating the generosity. It's like, how wonderful, you know, how wonderful. And so we can, we can start to train again this aspect of these Brahma Viharas, which is a, a dimension of resilience, is this ability to see in a different way. So we start to see the goodness in others and not just to feel kindness towards them, but to actually rejoice, to feel that sense of being uplifted and, and celebrating the, uh, the goodness of others, the, uh, the acts of generosity or kindness or compassion that others engage in. So in the monastic community, this is a, a very central part of the whole structure of the Buddhist monastic society is that it uh, it survives and lives based on generosity and the donation of lay people. And so uh, when uh, at the main meal of the day at any Buddhist monastery, um, there's what's called the Anumodana blessing, which is the, um, uh, it's in that word Anumodana is related to mudita, it's uh, rejoicing with. It's the sense of rejoicing in the goodness of the of the generosity. So it's not actually saying thank you. It's not. It's not so much thank you. It's the sense of like I celebrate the good that you've done in being generous. Like I'm happy for you in that. Uh, in that beauty in your own heart. So the, the, this quality of mudita uh, begins with appreciating, celebrating, with celebrating the happiness, the well-being, the success of others, but it opens up into a much broader sense of a refined attention to joy, happiness, beauty, and goodness in life, and really being able to uh, be nourished by that, to let that uplift us. So I'd like to pause here and uh, shift into some, some walking practice or some exploratory practice and to invite you to um, start to bring some of this quality of mudita, of appreciative joy into into the next uh, period of practice. So if you'd like to do um, formal walking practice, then you might think of somebody who's doing well or uh, an aspect of your own life that you appreciate, that you feel gratitude for. And, and um, try to rest the heart there, 
to abide, to rest in that, that space of appreciation and joy, of celebration. You can use um, uh, a simple phrase. If you look at the third page of the handout, there are a few phrases there. You can use one of those. Or you can also explore this quality of gladness and joy in, in just being, being open to receive the beauty and the nourishment of this environment, the beauty of the altars and the statues or, the, or nature outside, or even the beauty of this building. And just letting, letting yourself really take in and be nourished by any or all of that. And when I say take in and be nourished by, I want to be clear what I mean by that. This is not, this is not primarily a cognitive exercise. It starts there, but this is about really taking it into your cells and your nerve endings. This is about feeling that quality of appreciation or being uplifted. Like when I was talking about my friend's daughter and, you know, her plastic boots and jumping in the puddles and, you know, just recalling that image and then feeling that sense of being uplifted. So try to bring it into your body and really receive that experience of joyfulness or appreciation. It doesn't, it's not necessarily going to feel like being high or, you know, sometimes it's subtle. It's just a subtle sense of well-being or happiness or appreciation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.